The IBM Cloud Podcast, coming to you every show with information about new capabilities and releases. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the IBM Cloud Podcast. We are hosts from the offerings team here at IBM Cloud. My name is Ian Lynch. And I'm Steve Choquette. And today, guys, we have on the show J.D. Wells. J.D., you're very welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. So, J.D., as always, let's start off by talking a little bit about J.D. And tell us, um, well, what do you do for IBM, sir? Yeah, so I've been with IBM now for about six years, working in the cloud space exclusively during that time. And today, my role is uh, the worldwide VMware and IBM Cloud Solutions Leader. And essentially, what that entails is uh, I help to define the strategic direction of our services, and I work closely with our Jiro and Phil teams to help our customers and partners take advantage of all that IBM Cloud has to offer. It sounds like you've got one of those jobs when it's all going wrong, people start to point a finger at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know... Um, Worldwide scale challenges bring worldwide <laughs> problems along with it. You better believe it. But uh, the people I get to work with and the opportunity of, of getting to meet people around the globe and, and, and seeing the impact that IBM has in the 160 plus countries that we work in, um, you know, really makes it worth all the extra effort and late hours that I've got to put in, uh, you know, to, to really support my teams. But it's been a great, great opportunity and I'm uh, very excited to, to be able to tell you guys about it. So, J.D., um, it was actually my colleague who reached out to me, John Connolly, and was the brains behind this. He's like, Ian, Steve, why don't you guys do something on SDDC? And I was like, okay. And I had to, honestly, I had to Google because I wasn't aware of the acronym. But then it popped up Software Defined Data Centers, which was a term that I thought I was familiar with because we've seen Software Defined Storage over the years and Software Defined Network. So, J.D., tell us a little bit about what is a Software Defined Data Center? Yeah, so real simply, um, in the past, there were hardware devices. They were kind of configured individually, very disparate. You kind of plug things in when you needed them. Uh, there could be limitations, physical or whatnot. So as technology had improved and you know the capabilities were extended and people understood the pain points, a lot of those functions over time have start to become software-defined. So the storage, the networking, um, the hardware that's being plugged into it, the operating systems, all of those layers themselves in a, you know, in a modern deployment today using tools like VMware, you're now able to address any of those components with simple APIs or command line interfaces. So effectively what that means is no one has to go and switch around a network port or move this piece of hardware over here to over there. All of those things, you know, once you basically grab that machine, set it in the rack, plug it in, now, effectively, it's just some sort of abstracted component of storage, networking, and compute, and any of those things can be updated through software very easily. So now, you know, something that was a very specific, bespoke piece of equipment has now become really kind of this sort of resource commodity that can be used in a multi-tenant, you know, uh, a shared services type of model very easily. You know, we've had cloud and cloud data centers and IBM has even had a cloud data center cloud data centers for quite some time now um what would you say is i mean is there a difference between a cloud data center and a software defined data center yeah so um there's a lot of similarity and there are some key differences so when you talk about cloud and especially in the context of the the customers and the partners that we support at IBM um, there's public cloud, private cloud, and hybrid cloud, and then sometimes a mixture of those. So the SDDC is kind of effectively talking about 
uh, the ability to have that self-service and uh, it takes the concepts of what a traditional data center provides and then you know abstracts that as we had just talked about before. So SEC can also apply to the bill, uh, you know, to the benefits that IBM Cloud can bring with our VMware solution and other capabilities as well. And we have many customers that are deploying on-premise, in colo, on cloud, on the edge, and then having the ability of that SDDC that is consistent, you know, that consistent infrastructure and, and platform can now give them the ability of moving their workloads around, bursting performing computations as close as they can to those customers for things that could be latency sensitive, like gaming or finance components. And they've got a consistent envelope and how to work with those tools. No, that makes sense. And in fact, I was thinking back to what you said, I mean, what we've effectively got with a software defined data center is, is, is like a, a, a plug and play to almost anything you want to plug in. Are there other benefits that a uh, um, say a company or an organization might get from uh, you know having their data center fully software defined as opposed to say the old approach or even just having part of it just like the software defined storage you know besides the plug and play? Yeah, so standardization and consolidation are are really kind of the main benefits that come along with that, making it very simple. You don't have to refactor or replatform. You can have a lot of control with it, depending on the type of SDDC you're using and the, the environments that it's running in. It can provide you much higher levels of control and security that you couldn't necessarily get in a just a traditional type of cloud environment. Sometimes your hands are a little tied on what you can or cannot do in some of those environments. And then by leveraging an SDDC approach with cloud and on-prem or colo, it gives them a lot of flexibility around the scalability where they can grow or shrink that environment based on the demands that they need. And then they can look at that as a cloud in a box, if you will. So with the right SDDC in mind and how they've approached it and how they're using it, that effectively can be a module or a platform that could be deployed almost anywhere very consistently. So you've just answered basically my next question, JD, but... One thing that you didn't touch across when I was doing some research before the show was that, yes, I absolutely, those are the main points of it and the key features. But one of the things that kind of jumped out to me was hyperconverged infrastructure. And I was a little bit confused by the term at first, but can you explain what that is? Yeah, so hyperconverged infrastructure, commonly referred to as HCI in the industry, is taking the network, the storage, and the compute and bringing them all together in one sort of converged concept. As you know, virtualization and the SDDC has sort of evolved over the years, initially it was really just focused on compute. And you know, that brought a lot of benefit. But then they started to see that other things like how do you configure the switches and the routers, the networking components? And then for storage, you know, how does that present itself to the virtual machines or how does that you know, connect into the environment if you have shared storage or a SAN? And how does that all come together? And in the older models, you would have a, you know, sort of a compute administrative team or a data center team, and then you would have a storage team and you'd have a networking team. And to move between all of those teams took time and took effort. And that became sort of a bottleneck of moving between those things. And then also, if you had a need to provide additional resource to your workload, you would have to go talk to all of these different teams to make that happen. So around you know, the hyper-converged infrastructure HCI concept, 
all of those components have now been brought together within the envelope um, of, you know, many SDDCs. Not all of them bring the, all of these capabilities to market. So just kind of keep that in mind. But in the context of hyperconverged infrastructure, you can very simply add storage resources or update the network switch and firewall configurations um, and then change the resources that are available for those virtual machines as well, all through that software-defined approach. Uh, JD, when we're talking about all this, though, we're talking in general about software-defined data centers, right? We're not talking about specific. This is general technology. So my question's around VMware specifically. Right back in 2016, we announced their strategic partnership with these guys. But uh, obviously, it was to further IBM's vision to help the customer to be able to quicker, easier set up software-defined data centers. But why VMware? Well, VMware really defined the market when it comes to the software-defined data center. Uh, they were one of the first companies to really commercialize virtualization um, many, many years ago. And they've, you know, they had that market-leading product. They've been developing the IP around it for a very long time. And it has the widest capability and also the deepest technology set and the largest ecosystem all built around it. So when you talk about VMware in regards to SDC and you talk about VMware in regards to cloud, no one really has that level of capability or the industry built around it to kind of really make it uh, a market driving force. IBM and VMware have also had a very long and prosperous partnership together for many years. And not only is IBM a top VMware partner, but we're also their largest customer. So those synergies, you know, really help both VMware and IBM to bring differentiation into the market and bring value for our shared customers. So you're talking about we're doing this better, greater, faster, stronger, et cetera, et cetera. But that means we're obviously not the only one in the market offering software-defined data centers then. No. Right. Um, you know, IBM also, with our recent closure of acquisition of, of Red Hat, um, OpenShift is also another SDDC, very capable, um, not as uh, large of a market share as, as VMware has. It has not been around as long as VMware, but it's very popular, especially in the, in the telco space, interestingly. Um, so there's other ones as well. You could think of like Microsoft Hyper-V, um, so on and so forth. So there are many SDDCs. What's different about you know, the relationship between IBM and VMware and, and IBM Cloud specifically is the, the VMware platform that we've brought to market in our IBM Cloud environment has no restrictions to it. So you don't have to worry about replatforming or refactoring or worrying about having to buy new licenses. So it makes it very easy to run that VMware-based workload anywhere that that customer sees fit without you know, IBM necessarily imposing on them particular restrictions. So, uh, you know, we talked about the benefits that a data center itself might see, you know, the whole plug and play, the scale, the, the cloud in the box, all of that. If I were a customer using that data center, would I see any benefits as the customer now? Not the, not the owner of the data center, but the customer itself. Yes. And I was just kind of touching on a little bit of those, but I want to dive a little bit deeper. Um, when it comes to a VMware environment, especially in the context of like public clouds, many of the uh, competitors out there in the space, there's a level of abstraction based on 
a number of considerations that they may have made. It could be because of the, the multi-tenancy or the type of compute that it's running on. But with VMware on IBM Cloud specifically, we don't impose any restrictions at all to the vCenter or the vSphere environment. So it's just like running it on-premise, a very close apples to apples, but we're bringing modern infrastructure, networking and compute and all of those kind of things to market where many customers are kind of running on older generation environments and they're looking to modernize that from a hardware and from an application standpoint. So that brings, um, it, it very much gets rid of the concern as to whether or not their existing workloads today, even though they're running VMware, will they be able to run on another cloud environment? And with that, you've got tools and operations and teams that have certain levels of expectations or access needs to facilitate their role. And many of those uh, ecosystem components that run in that environment as well will often require API connectivity through vSphere or vCenter to be able to perform its function. You know, uh, being able to snap data or be able to configure network components, additional security components, uh, encryption, so on and so forth. They often require a very tight integration uh, with the VMware ecosystem. And you often don't have that capability on other clouds. And you also may be required to buy new licensing based on how their model is set up and the licensing agreements they've got with other partners. All of that in the context of IBM Cloud can be brought over without those concerns. Um, the licensing can be brought over as well. So it really just gets rid of those concerns as to whether or not their workload is going to be ready to move to the cloud. And it accelerates the adoption of that environment and then allows them to really focus on where can now a public cloud bring the most value to that organization? You know, when you talk about IBM Cloud, we've got blockchain and Watson, a lot of things that are very differentiated, you know, database as a service. Now you can kind of focus on where the organization can benefit the most and then start to take advantage of those cloud native technologies alongside that VMware workload and very rapidly innovate that workload. And uh, without having to spend many, many man hours having to refactor or replatform, and then ultimately, in some cases, as we've seen, where customers have not been able to really get that workload to run on some of the clouds, um, and that does have a benefit to us with you know what we bring uniquely here, um, but it is a real challenge that we see a lot. And then also, what is very unique about our VMware and IBM Cloud offering is all of our sites are connected by default to a global backbone. So if you're running multiple locations, if you've got deployments in the US, the EU, Asia Pacific, um, by default, we're providing that connectivity to all of those sites within our VMware infrastructure. So if you wanted to do disaster recovery or data replication, keep things in sync, you don't have to set up a complicated VPN that could be a bottleneck. You don't necessarily uh, have to set up your own MPLS. Um, and you don't even have to worry about some of the complicated peering arrangements that some of the other competitors bring. And then also, you know, there's requirements for anything that you're going to implement, but there's also costs that go along with it often. And we don't meter for that usage on our private network as well. So just to give you a little bit of a stat without getting too techie, you know, our systems by default come with 20 gigs of private connectivity. They also have discrete 20 gigs of public connectivity. And that's just kind of the baseline with where we start. If you were to run a system with that amount of bandwidth around the clock for a month, you can generate over three petabytes of data. Now, if you do the math on some of the other competitors and you start to look at like what are those regional cross-connection fees, 
or you know what are those global fees that are going to go along with it the bandwidth and the utilization often outweighs the cost that you pay for the service coming to IBM cloud we make that a lot easier to understand from a billing standpoint and we're not metering you for that private network usage so there's just a lot more value that's on the table that isn't necessarily always surfaced so I think that's a really key kind of component to talk about in regards to how we bring the offering to market and some of the key benefits that come along with it. All right. Good deal. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It sounds like we we not only simplify moving over there, but we also simplify life once you're over there with the costs and everything. Now, you're actually the first of five episodes we're going to do around the, uh, the whole concept of uh, software-defined data centers and uh, IBM Cloud for VMware. Uh, where could I find more information? If I just wanted like a single um, website to go off to, uh, what would I, where would I want to go, JD? Yeah, that's pretty easy. Um, we've got a long list of resources all available on the network. We've got extensive documentation, but the best place to land is just ibm.com slash cloud slash VMware. And then there's a whole host of things that you can you know, start to experience and get into. We've got uh, demonstrations through our digital technical engagement where you can actually see how the portal works. It guides you through as you click to kind of get familiar with it. And once you've landed at ibm.com slash cloud slash VMware, all of those resources are there and available. And um, you know, you'll definitely go into the rabbit hole, if you will, um, just kind of taking advantage of all those resources that we put out there. Good deal. Good deal. Well, I want to, um, on behalf of Ian, I want to thank you for joining us today, JD. And I know that folks are looking forward to the other episodes that follow behind behind this. But again, thanks a lot for being on the show today. This has been great. Yeah, I appreciate you guys setting this up. And I'm looking forward to the next set of series. Good deal. Good deal. So, folks, on behalf of Ian myself, I want to thank you for joining us on the IBM Cloud podcast today, and I hope that you will continue to listen to us. Thanks. Have a great day.